see me down, see me anywhere. Yeah, which is a dollar American. I'm going to turn the freaks off. I mean, the fans. Oh my God, Sally, do you look like a, a painting of a beautiful lady? What's up? Wait, Not too much. Let me uh, set this up. There we go. We're gritting. I keep looking this way and I feel you're an artist. You must know this looks wrong if I look this way. So I'm going to force myself to look this way because then I'm facing you. Oh, can you hear me? I, my friend? I, dude, I don't know my left from my right. And honestly, it's always confusing to me. So you're good. My mom told me she we were driving and she goes, I don't know my left and right. And I said, how was I supposed to have any chance in this life? <laughs> I learned because I had a ward on my left hand as a kid. That's a good way to remember. Yeah. During my class, I wrote an L on my hand, so I would know which way to turn. When I was in uh, uh, school, the teachers put an L on my forehead, but it was for loser. <laughs> That's not oh, They're asking if we're doing babe hour. They're saying your mullet <laughs> rules. You're a beautiful, cool, savage motherfucker. That's, I've that, never heard savage before. Well, I guess that's what the kids say now. It's a haircut. I think it looks awesome. I mean, I, I, I should get my mullet back so we could have, we could have a mullet crew. Everyone's going yeah. wild. They're loving you. Let's, uh, let, let's be professional. Here's the thing. Cause we're friends. So, but this is, I have to treat this like I'm Larry King because I'm dealing with not only Salad of Despair today, but Allison Russell. That's me. <laughs> My friend, meet Allison Russell. Now, I, I I thought I did, oh, I thought I did a good description of you today in the, uh, in the Discord. I called yeah, you. I I summed know. it up pretty well. Okay, I'll, I'll say it right now one more and then we're going to get you to give a little introduction. Allison Russell, a.k.a. Salad of Despair, sick name, knitwear designer, textile artist, illustrator, and wonderful person. I said, you're a, you're a machine knitting prodigy, and the chat is asking, what the hell does that even mean? Creative master and all-around boss, and I think that that is the proper way to describe you right there. Would you agree? Yeah, I feel like that covers most of the bases. Let's jump right into what everybody's asking. What is a yeah. knitwear? Uh, no, what is a machine knitting knitwear designer? Okay, so kind of glad I set up in this room. So the machine behind me is actually a knitting machine. They were super popular in like the 80s and 90s. Um, there's, a, like, there's a lot of different versions of them, but... Yeah, people kind of went bananas. That's, I think, why you see all those, like, old, like, the old kind of weird sweaters with, like, the cats and shit on them that look a little fucked up. Most likely, they were knitted on one of these machines. Um, you can, like, make your own patterns with them. But, yeah, they're super cool. So, if you're hand knitting, you have, like, two needles and you do one stitch at a time. But on these machines, there's, like, a 200-needle bed. And you can do 200 stitches at once. And that. And I don't know if you can see that at all, but uh, maybe, maybe they, not. They think I'm typing. No, that is awesome. I actually Googled, and I was hoping you'd bring that machine out. I didn't think we'd be lucky enough to see it because that thing looks huge. 
Oh, it is. Is yeah. it heavy? I have like five of them. Oh my gosh. Okay, guys, I need you to understand this is a real thing. You can you can make a living off of this, and we're gonna get into that. There but it's a dying art, right? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. If you the YouTube videos are really sad because it's always like some thousand year old lady in her basement, like just being real sad and knitting cats on her machine. I, I don't want to judge the ladies on YouTube, but they're always a little overweight too. And it looks like they're in a sweatshop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say that. Yeah. That covers it pretty well. But it's because it's, it's hard as hell to do. I was watching. Oh, everyone thinks I'm I'm fucking with something. That's not me. Uh, that's not me. Uh, well, it might be me. Everything's oh. a little like wobbly. That's okay. I just want them to uh, know that I, they're yelling. I rocket was yelling at me, but it looks complicated as hell. I have a a YouTube video I can just pull into the screen and block me for a second. Look, Roberta Rose Kelly. Is that who you picked? I got. Uh, Lenora Watts. Now I feel bad calling her big. Damn it. She looks like very beautiful. Shit. Okay. I'm going to hell. But um, I love big girls. Uh, look how. Oh, wait. This wasn't the one I was I was looking at before, but it look how complicated this is. And you do yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How long does it take to to do anything on this? Well, actually, like once you kind of learn how the basics kind of work, I mean, to to be quite honest, like it took me probably four years to get very proficient and I can like take the machines apart now and put them back together. Um, Because that's another problem when you buy these, a lot of times they don't work or there's stuff wrong and you kind of have to troubleshoot. Or if something does go wrong, you have to troubleshoot because there's no one you can call to like really fix it. Um, but yeah, I think to learn the basics, probably like six months to just get on it, be able to like knit some stuff, do a couple different like maneuvers with it. Um, but yeah, to get proficient, it, it took a while. That that's, I never even thought about who, who repairs these things. And so you can do that yeah, as well. <laughs> that is, that is so cool. It It's such a dying art. I actually, I, you told me about this, but I did some Googling there's the Long Island Machine Knitters Guild, and they're trying to continue yeah. this art. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think, so when I lived in New York, um, the lady, I, I was calling and calling people because I picked up my first one in Philadelphia and was in Philly for like two years and then moved up to New York and had been like practicing on it, but I had kind of hit a wall because they come with manuals and you can kind of like, walk yourself through the manual pretty well because I think that's how most people learned back in the 80s and 90s was you just like pick up the manual and kind of figure it out that way but you know like a lot of stuff has changed and there's there's like electronic machines now I don't know you probably can't see it but there's one next to this guy that's an electronic machine um but he has like a little computer attached to him uh but it like yeah it, it takes a hot minute and people just it takes a long time to learn, but I eventually like tracked down the um, lady who runs the Long Island Knitting Guild, and she took me under her wing and kind of showed me how to like actually do a lot of different stuff. That that is so cool. Um, you know what? 
you got to tell her though, a lot of the links on her website are dead. So if she's trying to keep this art going alive, uh, she's got to get the up. She's got to update the site a little bit. Cause I think it's, I actually have fallen in love, um, with, uh, with textile artists now because of you. Uh, I did some Googling today. We'll get more into that. But if I pull up your website is, are a lot of these designs made on that machine behind you? No. So yeah, it's a little confusing. My career actually started out as a textile artist, which is traditionally, I think, you know, pen on paper or pen on trackpad on the computer or like painting. Um, and then you kind of clean up those designs in the computer and you send them off to a mill where the mill will kind of break them down by colors and then screen print them. It's basically like repeatable screen printing is traditional like textile, like that, that's what I would consider like a traditional textile designer is just like drawing and then you send it off to a mill and they do like screen prints. Um, so knitwear is like completely separate situation. And I used to work at Urban Outfitters and I had joined the knit team as the textile designer, but eventually realized they had a knitting lab and they had a bunch of these machines in there. And it was, like, really up my alley because it also is kind of very much, like, pixel art, the way you would design um, pictures in knitwear. It's all, it's, like, kind of the same thing, but, like, a variation of. So you're not printing on the knit. You're actually knitting. And I have here. This might oh, be yeah. Sh- yeah, show us, show, yeah. show the folks at home a little something. So you made that? Yep. This was for my friend's kid, but then the like neck didn't fit and then I never fixed it. <laughs> so I just kept it. That is but, awesome. Um, that looks so this cool. Was, uh, machine behind me, but you can see everything's like a, it's all knit in. They're all like little stitches versus do I have, I don't even have anything back here, but you know, like a screen printed t-shirt is like a textile type of thing versus like a knit in stitch thing, which is completely different. Another kind of like realm of things that you would learn in school. That I, I just realized how dumb my question was if, because the, no, clearly, it's not dumb at clearly all. like if, if you're working for these big companies, you're not just hunched over making a hundred thousand of these things. Uh, obviously it's on the computer, <laughs> but yeah, this, I mean, this it's, is new. it's not a dumb question at all. It's, I think if you're not kind of like immersed in the world of like fashion or like graphic design, I think might even kind of know the subtle differences between the two. But if you're not in that world, like there's no fucking way you'd know the difference. The amount of people that are even in fashion that I've had to explain the difference between like a woven and a knit to is a little embarrassing. Oh my God. I don't, I, wait, wait, is woven, is that, I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> I have no idea. So, yeah, woven is when you, like, weave the strings over one another, and a knit is, like, kind of, like, linking and, like, pulling through strings together. Do you guys Weave is, like, over it is, like, knots, I guess, for lack of a better term. Does the the knitting community have beef with the wooling community? Like, you guys, like, are cooler? No, but you know what? The hand knitters have beef with the machine knitters. Really? If you so there's a subreddit, there's a subreddit for knitting and there is a subreddit for machine knitting. And if you are a machine knitter and you post in the hand knitting thing, they will call you out. Re- really? Are they yeah. just jealous because like life is moving on and you know the 
well, I mean, moving to the eighties and nineties. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I've gotten called out a couple times, but there was like another girl who was a machine knitter, and I don't think she knew, and she was posting a lot in the knitting, like the hand knitting community, and they like they didn't ban her, but they were like, you can't post here. Oh damn! They were just just minutes away from sending a pipe bomb to her house. <laughs> that's that's not true. Um, but you know, okay, I want to talk about like your. I think you're. Uh, you're so talented. We're going to get into your websites and, and, uh, and your Instagram as well. Um, I think it's so cool that anybody who finds like a unique way to be happy and uh, live a cool life and have a cool job. This is like bizarre and, but awesome. So let's talk about your, yeah. your path to this. Um, you, if correct me if I'm wrong, but you were originally going to be a doctor. Yeah, my parents were like very adamant that I get a degree in something that would make money and all that jazz. Like, I'm sure that's a familiar story to most people. Um, so I had originally gone to college for pre-med and was like two classes away from graduating. I had done a bunch of internships and I just like really fucking hated it. And the entire time that I had been in that program, I was always sewing. I'd always sewn. Um always like love to draw and paint and I just kind of realized like I don't think I want to go down this path and eventually switched into there was a textile college where I went at the same college um there's like a textile program and it actually was like it's a really good program and ended up getting into that and just I was like oh this makes way more sense for me but um yeah I eventually graduated with a textile degree and then moved from North Carolina to LA that's that is a huge change. How how mad were your parents, or were they supportive? Um, my mom, I don't think really had she couldn't care less, kind of. But my dad was displeased. I still remember calling him the day that I like made the decision and like had already switched at that point. He was just he was furious. Mm-hmm. I think even now, I'm still kind of like. Still doesn't think I have a real job, sort of. Oh my god! Well, he had the uh, he had like the boat and the cottage life planned out. He had his way uh, his weekends, uh, ch- like v- retiring, hanging out with you, uh, all, all planned out. Oh my god! I'll stay in the pool house. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, he he wanted to be at the golf course, being like, "Oh my doctor daughter," uh, but yeah, no, no I, yeah, absolutely. But I think this is way this is way cooler. So. Um, I didn't know there was a school for textiles. So is, is that like, what does that consist of? Is that like mostly online stuff? Is that like InDesign or is that like those programs or it's straight up like textiles? Yeah, this is kind of where it gets into the nitty gritty. And if you're not like in the fashion world or kind of somewhere orbiting fashion, it's, it might be very foreign. Um, so there are actually a lot of schools like Parsons um, in New York, FIT in New York, uh, RISD in Rhode Island is another really great school, SCAD in South Carolina, another amazing school for arts in general, but specifically like fashion design, um, textile design, knitwear you can also do, and surface design, sort of like a general term for a lot of it. But um yeah, fashion design is typically you're more focused on developing like the silhouette in the body shape. Um, I am very uncomfortable doing that for some reason. I just like don't like, 
I don't, I, I don't have an eye for it. And I think I realized that really early on. Um, I can like drape and make things look nice, but as far as just like churning out like mass, you know, t-shirt shapes and like different body shapes and pant shapes, like that was not for me. Um, I, like I said, I'd always been really into painting and drawing. So textiles was kind of where I landed and it made a lot of sense to me. And even within textiles, there's like material textiles where you can develop like nanotech textiles that you like get inserted into your body, like heart valves and stuff. That was like a program that they were working on in our college where develop like a, a like a non-woven is what it's called um but it basically would double as like a heart valve um so Wait, that's like, like a, another like of it. actually like in the yep. body yep Jesus like a lot Christ. of the um, yeah a lot of the stuff that they're I, i'm so like out of this realm at this point but i know like uh valves they use it's like a non-woven that they use now oh, and the original one was developed at our college but I think a lot of that stuff is starting to be made out of like non-wovens and it's like a material textile kind of offshoot, but it's, it's really cool. No, that's um, yeah, that's cool. But wow. yeah. And then there's like that. And then textiles, you have wovens that you can kind of like specialty area in, or you can specialty area in like knitwear. Um, and then yeah, surface design is just kind of, like a broad term for like I do cool shit on fabric. I yeah that that rules. I I, I hung around a few of those uh, uh, girls in fashion school. They knew how to party. I'm glad you survived because some of them didn't make. Oh it. yeah. Like some of, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad I survived. Uh, a few oh, of them shit. just move out to the woods. Some of them uh, party so hard they're in uh, they're in hospitals now. Like they were the most fun girls to party with. But I'm so glad you made it through. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the fashion and design kids, that's always where the best parties were at. And the attitude, they're so uh they're so like cool and they know it and they show it, you know, and going to their parties can really uh take a strip off your back. <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah, there was like here a, anyway. a house that we all used to go to, but it was all like the design kid. Like there there was a big design college on our campus as well. But we'd always end up going to their like, just like nasty, dirty house that they had, and have They're always crazy dirty. Parties. The house is all there's glass on yeah. the floor always. always and yeah, oh, it's and, like vomit and people dead bodies. I, and I think is the uh, that that was the Terry Richardson era of cool. So it was just destroy, puke, yeah, break <laughs> glass, yeah. take pictures, lots of PBR. Yeah. Yeah, uh, good God. times. I, I actually I, drink. When I turned twenty-one, I stopped drinking beer. I actually do not think I've had a beer since I was twenty-one. Oh God, bless I, your soul. Too much PBR. Yeah. Oh God. That. Yeah. That. And that's not good for the gut health either. The PBR. Uh, our whole generation's going down. It's our generation smoking. Is uh, Paps Blue? <laughs> Look at shaking out. Says she yeah. loves it. <laughs> Oh, hey, Mr. Morocco. Um, so uh, after you graduated, you moved to L.A. That's pretty effing cool. Yeah, I I mean, looking back on it, it was kind of fucking insane that I did that. But I just I mean, there I fucking grew up in North Carolina. There there wasn't going to be like an opportunity really for me in North Carolina. 
And I knew a lot of people that had moved up to New York and like had to sell their car and then move back in six months because they didn't have any money. And I was like, well, fuck it. Like, let me just go to LA. I think it's maybe a little bit easier out there. I think the, um, the like concentration of textile artists was a little bit, it seemed like there were more job opportunities in LA versus like in New York, where I think everyone who graduates from like, you know, like SCAD, you have the college I went to, and then you have RISD and then Parsons. Those are all like East Coast kind of up near NYC. So I think a lot of people just kind of yeah gravitate to New York for a job. So I ended up moving out to LA, got a job. Actually, the very first job I had, I worked with a seamstress who did like Oscar gowns. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I you? busted up JLo's room. Oh, <laughs> she was staying at the like I think it was like the Four Seasons or something, and I had to go drop her dress off, and it was like super awkward. Did you did you talk to her? Well, it's yeah, I, she like opened the door, and everything was white in her room, and I was like wow, everything is very white in your room. And she's like, she was like, yeah, it's in the contract. It has to be. And I was she like, said that? Wow. Where is your yeah, it was really weird. I had a lot of really weird, like run-ins with quasi celebrities. I was going to say, like, give me some celeb stories from LA. Cause you see them everywhere. I saw Will I am walking down the street. It was way too hot for his jacket. <laughs> so who's the worst one you've met? Um, the bad thing is, I don't even know her name, but it was another, when I worked for the seamstress, um, I knew she was like a daytime soap opera. I also like up until very recently, just like pop culture kind of escaped me a lot. It wasn't a thing that I really paid a lot of attention to. So I'm sure there were other people that I met that it were like celebrities, but I just kind of had no fucking clue. Um, That's but yeah, this one made me. That's a good way to live. My, That's a boss way better. Was like, my boss was like, oh, take this, like, it wasn't dry clean, but like, take these tailored clothes up to this lady. Here's her address. Um, and I think I'd known she was like a daytime soap person, but don't remember her name outside of that or who she was. Um, so I get up and she's like up in the hills and we were in West Hollywood and it's like a fucking drive. It is like a drive. So I get up there there's like four gates. You buzz the buzzer. The first gate opens. There's like another buzzer. And this is like a daytime soap. This is yeah, not like big name. Yeah. Just like some random daytime soap person. Like finally get into like where the house is. Grab like this huge stack of clothes. I'm like walking to the door. Buzz the door. She opens it this much. And I'm like, hey, I'm here with, like, your tailored clothing. Like, can you please open the door so I can deposit this with you and leave? And she's, like, being weird. She's not opening the door. She's, like, looking around. And she's like, did anyone follow you? Are there paparazzi out there? Like, is anyone behind you? Like, she's just being, like, really weird. I'm like, lady, like, I'm on the fucking clock. You need to wrap this up. Like, take your shit so I can leave. You don't even know who she is. Yeah, and she's like, no idea and yeah it goes on for it's probably i thought it was like five minutes but it was probably like 30 seconds in actuality and i'm just like can you please just open the door so i can give you this shit and she eventually like opens the door and like a herd of tiny little dogs run out oh my god and she's screaming at the dogs and i'm like here your clothes and she's like get the dogs like you need to go get my dogs and i'm just like 
No. I'm not the, no. the maid. I would just get back in my little beat-up Honda Civic and drive off. I'm, I'm glad you stood up for yourself because that's unbelievable. She probably walks over everybody. And you don't even know her name. And yet here you are being interviewed on one of the most popular shows on Twitch. You showed her. True. True that. Somebody said I'm a B-list celebrity. Excuse me. I'm a D-list celebrity <laughs> on Twitch. That's the lowest you can go. And I'm proud of that. I mean, like D-list on OnlyFans might be a little bit lower. I think but... they make more money, though. I think they make more, sadly. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think we can safely say LA is is uh, draining. It's a, place. it's a horrible place. It's a sinful city. It's funny. I actually really liked living there. I did not so much like working there. It was very just weird. Like, I worked for Sanctuary Clothing for a while when I was there, and the girl that kind of, she wasn't my boss, but she was, like, I was kind of her assistant. Um, she would take, like, giant bong rips in her car and then eat, like, a loaf cake and then get really sick. And then I would end up, like, doing a lot of her work, and then she would complain that she just had, like, really bad stomach aches and then go back out in her car with bong rips. And that was, like, a very, like, it happened a lot. In a that lot of places so I was so high. Like, why are you taking bong rips like this in before and yeah? That's incredible. That was what's what's sanctuary clothing? Is that like a big brand or is that like like a? It's a big brand if you're kind of like a waspy oh. beach mom, I guess. I see. I see. That's why yeah. I've stayed, I've like straight away. Waspy. LA, San Francisco, and like New England beach mom kind of vibe. Hey, yeah, uh, uh, Mr. Morocco in the chat here says, just saw that she did some classical Moroccan tile designs. Nice. That's that's a quite the endorsement. That's Mr. Morocco. He is the representative representative of that state. So good job. That's awesome. Yeah, that was actually it was the one on the main page, like on the home page. I did for Urban, but they ended up not using it. But I really liked it. So racist over there. I probably shouldn't say that. But you, so in LA, you said you you freelance for everyone. Now I know Nasty Gal. That one. That one's that's the girl boss, right? So um, if if that is that the book? Wait, girl. The movie Girl Boss. Uh, My ex made me watch it. Yeah. I think they they made a movie called Girl Boss on her about her. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. Oh, someone says fuck Nasty Gal. Everybody's turned on Mas- Nasty Gal. I've noticed that in the yeah, press as well. Yeah, it was really cooler back in the day. Like it had just become like a big fucking thing. It was um, huge. Why well, I did a- it, Yeah, mm-hmm. it was huge for a few years. Like it was like a it was yeah, giant. Yeah, it was like a fucking shit when I like freelance for him. Oh damn! And then you you freelance for Vans. Everybody knows Vans, and pretty much every fast yeah. fashion mall. So you design. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. A lot of yeah, like a lot of um, shirts is what I think a lot of stuff ended up on. But shirts and dresses for the most part. But yeah, pretty much every like mall brand I've sold artwork to. And that's also kind of like another interesting aspect of fashion. Like you don't necessarily have to work for one company. There are a lot of like print studios um, who will just hire like independent artists and you can sit at home and like make prints at your own pace. And then 
give them to like the print studio and the print studio will go out and sell it and they'll take like a cut off the top, but then give you however much you've that, worked out. With them. That rules. And then it shows up yeah. on like a bag or a shirt. Like you don't really have control over what it goes on. You just, yeah, you, just... you don't have any control, but it is cool when you're like sitting out somewhere and you're like, Oh shit, there's that print that I sold like a year ago and it's that... on like a random t-shirt. So you could be walking down the mall and see like a lame person wearing a shirt you designed and you're like, ah, damn it. Or a cool person. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's usually a cool person. So that's good. Especially if it's your designs. Um, Push was wondering, Push has got some awesome questions. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, uh, grab these ones here. What, what's your, what was your favorite project in LA or did you have any like brands or companies that surprise you in a good way? Cause there's so many bad stories out there, right? Yeah, that is a really good question. I I think another reason. So yeah, fast fashion was kind of like, it had sort of hit his peak and was, I feel like fast fashion right now is in its like death throes. Like a lot of the brands, like the major brands are kind of going out of business. And I think kind of when I had done a lot of freelancing for them, they were kind of on that downward slope. So there was a lot of just like, panic a lot of like uneasy feeling throughout the company so i think a lot of my experience might have that kind of tinge over it which is why i tended to like hop from job to job pretty fast but um i'd say oh that's a really good question good job push yeah the best job well actually the probably most surprising thing for me I, i like the last couple months that i was in um LA, I was freelancing in office for BCBG and it actually was like pretty cool, like weirdly enough because the brand itself isn't like super cool. Um, but they were doing, they did a lot of engineered garments, which is kind of like if you have a pattern and then you have like a seam between the front and the back of your shirt, engineered garments are when it matches up perfectly, like your pattern will match up completely perfectly. Um, and it was like a thing that was like a thing back in mid 2000s. So like everyone was trying to do it and there were a lot of wrong ways to go about doing it and a lot of ways that took up a lot of time to do it. And there was like two right ways to do it. And I basically showed as like a freelancer. I told the um, lady that was kind of in charge of the textile department. I was like, hey, if you just get the like flat pattern piece like we can graph it on there and it's a lot easier because they were like doing this crazy shit by hand it was like people they were having to hire multiple freelancers like their full-time people were just like grinding on the weekends trying to get this stuff done and I was like no 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 there's a way easier way to do this and so I showed it it started working we were like getting the ball rolling and then don't remember the guy's name anymore uh Max Max Azra whoever the head of BCBG was ended up coming over and like personally thanking me. Hell yeah. I stay there, which was, I was like, that's kind of cool. Did they throw a little more cash away? Cause that's the real way no. to thank. Damn. That like never happens to be quite honest. Like I've learned the hard way. Don't, don't, don't even be try. an that much. Oh yeah. But, well, yeah. especially if the industry is kind of taking a hit with fast, fast fashion. It, uh, I'm sure it sucks for you that uh, you're not getting these like the same amount of work. But where, how do you stand, or where do you stand on fast 
fast fashion? Do you think it's uh, immoral? Oh, I will. God, I hope it fucking dies. Just dies and goes away. It's such a bad industry. Like, not only is it, like, toxic, I think, to the people that work there, it's just really toxic. And the fact that they're, like, churning out clothes, like, chemicals are going into the fucking ocean. Nobody's got oversight on anything. And it's just, like, they're just, like, pumping out shit to see what sticks. And it's just not, like, a nice, holistic way to kind of run businesses. It's also something I really encourage people. Like, just, you don't need a lot of clothes. Like, really take stock in your clothes and think about what you actually wear on a day-to-day basis because the the industry is not a clean industry i think it's like the number two polluter in the world like honestly it's really it is really not good so i would encourage one to buy like natural buy like wool cotton those are all good like natural renewable sources just I encourage people to really like pay attention to that when they're buying clothes because it's not a good industry. Absolutely. I always, there's an image that is stuck in my mind. Um, I, I believe the company, uh, they sell them in grocery store, uh, Joe Fresh. I think it was Joe Fresh. Joe Fresh also in LA and also a really bad company to freelance for. I, I just got to say thank you for the big, uh, huge raid from Zach. Zachy boy, I love you. Guys, we got a big interview right now with incredible artist Allison Russell. So definitely stick around, my friends. She's a textile designer, artist, innovator, and a machine knitwear prodigy. I, I, I dubbed you that, but I'm, I'm calling you that from now on because I, I did the research. Okay. You're up there with the best. Um, but I, I, th- I, th- we're talking about fast fashion right now, my friends. And she met JLo too, um, and, and, and helped work on, worked on one of her dresses too. But I, I have this image in my head of Joe Fresh. I think it was Joe Fresh. And, um, I'm going to turn the, thank you for the follow. I'm going to turn the, that off. Sorry about that, my friend. Very unprofessional. Uh, thank you for the follow. Keep following well, my friends. <laughs> you're used to the professionalism the of this stream. <laughs> It's kind of nice without the text of speech for once, eh? Yeah, I can't. I honestly can't with the TTS. Uh, Mutton Chop said she was also attacked by a pack of small dogs by a D-list celebrity. That's true, too. <laughs> um, but I, I think, do you remember when that factory that was, um, uh, it was basically a sweatshop, I think, in Bangladesh collapsed? And there's that there's that image of yeah people's hands and body parts and then the joe fresh tags everywhere and like it's just i i had a moment when i saw that i was like you know what maybe i don't need to buy so much clothes every year yeah i would really encourage people to just think twice before buying clothes just get because it's not it's not good for like it's not good Every level. I'm I'm at the point where I've had uh, some shirts for six or seven years, and I think they're gonna last. You get a good a good shirt, bang it out for ten years, my friend. Yeah, no, I definitely like. There's something to paying a little bit more for a better quality garment that's gonna last you longer versus just like buying a three dollar sweater yeah yeah because like, like forever 21 and stuff like that they just pump out whatever is trendy yeah um, it's really bad I, I got, I, forever I, also serial knock offers yes they've yeah. not like, 
so much of my shit it's not even funny wait you're like, one of the victims of forever 21 it was bad when i was working at urban we did a sweater and like six months later forever 21 literally they just enlarged it 10 percent. same pattern same colorway same stitches wow just like 10 percent bigger and that was enough to like be enough of a change for not for them not to get sued i don't know but i was just like are you kidding me this is so cool because i read about that or watched a youtube video about that years ago and now here i am chatting with a victim of it that is so crazy yeah i mean it's not because they do it to everyone that... i think if you talk to a couple other people in the industry i'm definitely sure i'm not the only one that that's happened to yeah there's no way you can you who are you like Forever 21 versus Allison Russell in court. I think Forever 21 is going to win. They got a little more cash on their side. Actually, they don't because they're bankrupt now. Oh, Fuck that's them. true. In your face, Forever yeah. 21. The daughter did it. The daughter ruined it, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, I got to do another question here from the chat because yeah. this is a really good one. Um, actually, Mutton said, Johnny, you just need seven tracksuits one day for each. Okay, jeez. Okay, Mr. Morocco also says, and he's this guy's actually fascinating. He says, I saw most of her work involves organic designs. So I wanted to ask, why does she prefer that style to more geometric pattern designs? I'm going to bring up your website. So while you answer that, people can yeah. see some of your designs. Um, no, that's actually a good question. I think probably I'd say I, I think. The reason most of it is organic is just because the last time I did an update on the website, which was like three years ago, that was more of a trend, like the organic kind of like flowy sort of watercolor vibe was definitely more in style than like the ethnic vibe, which was like alive and well for a very long time. I'd say from like 2011 to 2015, 16, 17, even it was like my God, just like ethnic, 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 cannot get enough ethnic prints. And then I think like cultural appropriation kind of became on everyone's radar. And it's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't like steal Native American artwork and put it on everything. So it kind of like went to the other end of the spectrum. And it was more just like nice sort of soft watercolors and organic shapes and stuff. But I have any qualms with like, actually it did when I, I worked for Victoria's Secret Pink and they're all about geometrics and hibiscus florals so i did a lot of those there i just don't have any on the website it's a tough issue because uh especially with uh native american designs i remember when it was so popular every every girl at my school had this one coat the problem is it looks so awesome like god they're a talented uh talented culture but i like i fucking i am the first to be like i love ethnic prints but it just, it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, we probably shouldn't use the like Native American eagle on everything. Like, yeah, we've done enough damage already. Let them keep their artwork. Oh yeah, we've we've done enough. Same same like uh, when I see a, a dude rocking a dashiki, I'm like, God damn, that looks so cool. But I know not to, I know not to buy one myself. It was really bad. Um, actually. I think it was Push who had asked me about the L.A., the coolest thing in L.A. Completely forgot about this, but my best friend and I, we lived in L.A. for a couple years together, and we had, like, a really tiny fashion line called First Communion, and we did one fashion show, 
with this other girl whose clothing line, I think it's like How Clothing is the name of it. But um, she had a stylist come in to like style her line together. I shit you not. It was like my friend and I, we like, we had spent like nights, just like sleepless nights trying to finish the collection to make, we're both like kind of OCD perfectionists. So like everything looked beautiful. It was on point. We were like, shit, this is like a huge deal. We're doing LA fashion week with like how clothing. Oh my fucking God. Wow. Like not sleeping, just coffee and like railing cigarettes. We get to the show, the fucking stylist, my dude, white boy with a fucking like turban wearing, I don't even remember the, like what the actual name of it is, but it's like the African garb with oh, like yeah. the African boots on it and like a curled mustache. And I was just like, are you kidding me right now? Like, this is so inappropriate. <laughs> like, but that was probably my actual coolest thing that I did in LA. That, that is so, yeah. You're like, are you doing like a Borat thing? Like that's, oh, that. I was all like my friend and I were like, this is so inappropriate. Like, we're all no. Yeah, I yeah, it's I, I hear you. I hear you. I ever since uh, my my recent breakup, I've been I've been having a, like a cultural identity uh, crisis. Like, am I still allowed to listen to reggaeton? I mean, it's been ten years, so I I'm going through that. But Jay Belvin recently did a music video where he was dressed up like a le- leprechaun, and they sampled some flute music. So it's a cultural exchange, I believe. Yeah. All right. Okay. I rock it just so I can. Okay. So we can, uh, we can, we're still good. Um, so, uh, you've, you've literally worked everywhere. Oh, I like this. I thought this was in your bio here. I thought this was great. Now the chat's going to get very upset when I say this. Um, but yes, you're, you're now husband, boyfriend at the time. They're going to upset because they've been asking if you're single the entire time, but sorry, chat. Um, he he got a he got a job out uh, uh, away from LA. Am I allowed to say the PA area? I yeah we we kind of switched. So we weren't dating. We'd been friends for a while. Uh, we've been friends for a really long time, and we met in North Carolina when I lived there. And then I moved to LA, and he ended up moving up to Pennsylvania. And eventually, he called me and was like, "Hey, we're friends. Like, just come out here. Let's get together." and see what happens. And so we ended up, I applied to places in Pennsylvania and like the New Jersey area. And then he ended up applying to places in California and like San Francisco and uh, like LA area. And just so happens, I got a job at Urban, which is in Philly. And then like four months later, he got a job in San Francisco and we like swapped places. Jeez, oh, I I had it confused. I thought you followed into that area. I was like, this is so much like extraneous information i'm not even gonna put it in but while we like flipped places and then about a year and a half later we were like okay we're gonna move up to new york and do this so then we moved up to new york oh cool because i was gonna say i i was gonna say like it's i think it's like kind of cool that it seemed like you followed him there and I was gonna say you're like you're in LA, you're killing it. You're such a strong, independent woman. I thought it was kind of cool that you guys. It's very a uh, cute story. But then you did move to the New York area, so that's cool. And when you say urban, you mean Urban Outfitters, right? Urban Outfitters. How was working for them? A lot of hipsters. Oh god, it was so bad. Like, I mean, to be honest, I actually really loved the job when I like the job that I was doing because it's. 
So in fashion, everything's very segmented. Like typically if you're a textile artist, you're a textile artist. If you're a knitwear designer, you're a knitwear designer. There really isn't a lot of overlap. Um, but at Urban, they eventually like let my position kind of do an overlap, which like I was so fucking excited about. Um, but the actual like work environment at Urban was not good. Like there's no HR department. There is like rampant sexual harassment. My boss was like in this weird forced relationship with the design director because he was like, the only way I promote people is if you sleep with me. Ha ha ha. Every hipster yeah. company is like this. American Apparel, all of them. I think it hipsterism was is just, I, I've had this theory for years. I thought, I think hipsterism is just an excuse for uh, dudes who can't get laid, non-Chad dudes, but got some Chad energy, setting up a pyramid scheme to get laid. Like Dove Charney oh, from American man. Apparel would never get laid in a just world. Like, I was so creepy. American, I've never them? met the American Apparel guy, but no, I knew a lot of people that worked with him though, oh, yeah. and they were like, "He's creepy as fuck." Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. he's a creeper. Yeah, his. Yeah. And I didn't like his Dude, ads the either. Director, so bad. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. So I, I knew yeah. Urban was gonna have some of the same. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, hipsterism is just a pyramid scheme for dudes to get laid. But it makes cool clothes sometimes. And but you're not gonna get sued for making fun of Urban, right? I don't get you in trouble here. No, he funny. He um, that guy, that dude, dug his own fucking grave, man. He like fucked over so many people, mostly women. It, like fucked them and then fucked them over. Um, but he like. It was funny when I put in my two weeks because I was like, fuck this. I'm moving up to New York to be with my boyfriend at the time, now husband. Um, like, I, I'm done with this. It's it's really toxic. Like, I enjoy the work that I'm doing here, but the environment that I was in was, like, not good. It was just, like, really stressful, really awkward. Um, so I put in my two weeks. The girl who sat next to me, who was kind of the, like, project coordinator for the team, she also put in her two weeks. And then, like, when we were, our, like, small team of four girls went out to have, like, drinks for, like, hey, our last hurrah together. Our boss, who was, like, in this weird forced relationship with the design director, was, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm in such a weird place. And she's just, like, sobbing. Like, she's fucking wasted and sobbing into my, like, white scarf that I had. And she, like, speared all of her black makeup into it. And I was just, like, girl, you need to leave. So she eventually left. Like, a month after that, thank God. He eventually, like, worked his way around the company to a couple other girls. He ended up with one girl who was, I feel like, the design director for the women's team at the time, who was married. Also, he was married with two kids. Jesus. Side note. Um, he was, like, hooking up with this other girl at Urban. The girl's husband found out and, like, blew him up on Instagram and just, like, was tagging. He, like tagged the CEO of Urban, he tagged the, like, head design director of Urban, he tagged the guy, he tagged the wife, he, he just fucking tagged everything Damn. and everybody. And it was just like, like, you're a fucking terrible person, you're, like, fucking all these girls, you're married. He apparently at one point, like, went over and told the guy's wife what he was doing. It was, like, a whole thing, and, like, everybody There's ended up so leaving. so many psychopaths part. in fashion. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> It was really bad. Oh my god! Um, well, 
Jeez. Good thing I never went into modeling. I didn't have a chance. (laughs) Models like kind of got out all right. Well, I mean, minus so in Victoria's Secret, the models were being like, like bad things were happening to them. Well, actually, I wanted to get into that next. Uh, Oh, sorry. Sorry. They they were doing what with the photographers? It was like, I'm not it was bad. It, bad things were happening to like the underage models at Victoria's Secret. Like the photographer was doing bad things to them. It oh like it, it it leaked maybe like a year or two ago. What was like going on? It was not good. Oh my god! What ha- whatever happened to just old fashioned? You meet a lady, you do missionary, you have ten kids on the farm. I I don't know. I don't know. Society is weird. Society's weird, but I, I wanted to ask: Is is so you worked at Victoria's Secret Pink? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just like thank God. My yeah. husband and I talk about it all the time. We're like, thank God we're not single because I don't think I could survive. Oh could yeah, could not survive single. And- yeah, that's it's uh it's good it's got it's got to be a rough world. Uh, the '60s happened. But Zero says, um, Johnny, I don't like where this is going. What? Um, I want uh, okay. So Victoria's Secret Pink was that a toxic place as well, or uh, I assumed it's all ladies. It actually like it wasn't bad. I so when I first moved up to New York, I freelanced there for a really long time, and it was like great. I loved freelancing, um, and weirdly enough, like everybody that kind of worked for Pink was very like alternative, cool person, just like very down to earth, very normal. Um, but when I was working there, they didn't have full-time positions available. So it's just like, I needed health insurance. I needed like a full-time position. So I was applying to other places, eventually got hired full-time at American Eagle. That went sideways pretty quick. Cause the girl that I directly reported into was like psychotic. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, you're, you're crazy. Seems you to be are a crazy. Trend here. Um, yeah, so lasted about a year there. And then around the same time, my old boss from Victoria's Secret called me and she's like, Hey, we have full time positions come back. So I ended up going back to work there. But she ended up not being my boss. I reported into this other person who was just like, long story short, I got written up for being too masculine for the brand towards like the end of my time there. Yeah, That's super a- awkward conversation have with hr isn't that a lawsuit right there you could oh my gosh that first off i i don't not that it does it doesn't matter if anyone's too masculine or too feminine that those are old school labels but you don't strike me as the the broad-shouldered masculine type (laughs) i mean i think he was just like pissed that i never wore a dress in the work I'm not really sure, oh my but God. Was, it got super awkward, and I was like, I need to get out of. I, that was pretty much the point where I was like, I need to get out of fast fashion. Seems like, like Mad Men. For a different- yeah, yeah. Oh my God, damn it! I I knew this was guys. I knew this was going to be a fascinating uh interview. I knew there was going to be some crazy ass stories. That damn it, and oh my God. So yeah, we're not going to say we currently work now, but you've. Uh, but you've somehow found a position where you can combine all your ex- expertise and all the uh, dr- the past experiences, the good ones mostly, and uh, you're yeah. in a way better place, right? Thank God I really enjoy where I work now. I moved into like the outdoor sector, so it's a lot more like focused on sustainability, like 
rah, rah, rah. We don't like throw shit at a wall to see what sticks. We're like very thoughtful about what we make. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot better. And I think a lot of people are going that, uh, going that lifestyle too. I, I, I think, uh, the one with nature going camping, um, I think it's very peaceful. It's almost like a yeah, van yeah. life too has made that uh that look very big. And I fucking hate all of them. Yeah, there's something there's something about them that makes me want to rip their eyes out. I don't know why. And they're not as friendly as they seem in their YouTube videos. No, they're not. So I live in they're, front of a parking oh lot. Yeah, I live in front of a parking lot and I had a few drinks. This is right uh, when I moved back home. So uh, a couple weeks back, I saw one of these big ass van life people pull in and I'm like, howdy, what's your YouTube? And they kind of put me on the pain on mine list. And I'm like, excuse me, you're supposed to be van life. We could have a campfire. And they were kind of dicks to me. So rude. They really are. They're like so fucking, it's like, like part of me completely understands it. It's like I don't have money to buy a house, so I'm just gonna like sink my money into this van. And that's gonna be my house. But I, they're just so like pretentious, I yeah. want to say, and just like rude and entitled. And we've had to work with so many of them, and I'm just like, you guys, like, fucking pull your head out of your ass. Like exactly. it's not a cute look. That oh, you've got yeah. a house. Mm. Yeah. Like you're like, what? <laughs> Excuse me. I don't shower in Walmart. Yeah, that's fine. Um, half the reason I left photography was the negative f- nature. Yes, models are attractive people, and no, that doesn't make content for your overly sexually. Oh yeah, I guess this. I guess, damn, this whole. Uh, wait, so I, this whole world is all connected. Advertising. Pu- I have a degree in public relations. I'm trying to boost my resume up and get back in get my or throw my hat in the ring here and maybe get to an agency are you telling me i should just stay away from this creep filled uh careerist culture because <laughs> it's all it seems to be all the same photography just, art yeah it's it's very like they're they definitely orbit each other um i don't know i think it's definitely going to be a different experience for you, I'm sure being like a guy, being more in like the PR side of things, I think those type of jobs are alive and well. Like the guy that does our, um, like he, he's like the talent coordinator, I guess is his name. He basically like fluffs the athletes that we work with. Like dude's kind of a piece of shit, but like he's, I don't know. I don't, I don't actually know even how he has a job, but somehow he does. And somehow he makes a lot of money. And those are jobs that are out there for people still. Yeah. I so. want one of those made up. I want one of those, like, that's not a real job, but it, but it is jobs. That's what I'm going for. It's like, I encourage people if you're like really into some like weird niche shit, like there's probably a fucking job for you. Like somewhere somebody needs that weird thing that you're into and somebody will pay you for it. Well, that's what, um, that's what I found. So, uh, inspiring about you is that you were into, you got into knitting and machine knitting and you've turned that into a career. And I think a lot of the young people out there like need to hear that. Like if you're into a certain thing, just be the guy. If you like, uh, yeah, if you're into knitting, Get into knitting and you might end up like a cool ass chick like you. 
Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things like, like machine knitting is really, it's a dying thing. And even a lot of the like knitwear designers that I've worked with don't actually understand how knitwear works or like how knitting and stitches work together. It's very technical. And a lot of times, like, I'm going to say 90% of the designers I've run into, what they end up doing is just like, they'll take a picture of something that they think is really cool. And they'll be like, I want the factory in China to figure out how to make this and put it into like a garment for me. And if you actually know how to like, the like technical things behind knitting, you're like miles ahead of a lot of people. But I think there are a lot of jobs like that, that have kind of been like dumbed down and simplified over the year, but over the years, but if you kind of understand like the backstory, the history, like the technical things that are involved in it, you're gonna be a lot further along than a lot of people. Damn, guys, I'm telling you, if you have an interest in something different, just roll with it. Just roll yeah. with it. I, mean, look, I know people that draw furries for a living, and they make a lot of money. Oh, Just going to throw that out there. Jeez. Yeah. What the hell was I doing labor for 10 years? I Drawing furries? <laughs> I got to pick up the pencils again. I could do that. Uh, yeah. They, they were like a Reddit post about it too recently where people were like, Dude, furry people are willing to pay. They are willing to pay for that weird fucking unicorn dog situation. I honestly, I've, I've like, with the furry thing, it's is it wolves? I'm not sure what it is, but I've tried to look at them, and I'm, I've tried. You want to be? Yeah, I, well, I've looked, and I'm like, could I be into this? And I just, it's too. It's like I've never been. Ter- I've never gone to a baseball game and wanted to bone the mascot. They look like mascots. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, now, do you? Uh, I so you got me into a new uh, form of art that I actually have fallen in love with. Now that's textile artist. Do you, yeah. do you do art as well, or do you? When you say you're a textile artist, you're mostly it's. So you know you do like. Um, I I came yeah, across. So the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, no, no. You're, you're, I I talk too much. You go. <laughs> Tell us about your art. Um, yeah, so like I said before, typically like textile, like I'm painting in the like picture that I painted is going to get printed on a piece of fabric is in a very separate world than like knit design, even though visually to a lot of people, I'm sure it looks same, same. Um, it's very technically different things that go into each thing. Um, but like, so for my job currently, I actually do both. It's like a random skill set that I just happen to have skill sets for both things. So, like, that works there. But I still freelance for print companies who just buy my artwork and go around and, like, sell it to different uh, fashion companies. That is awesome. So you, you can just, you can spend a whole day just working on a piece and then hope it gets picked up. Probably will. I'll do that. I usually give myself, like, a two-hour like a two hour window. I'm just going to, so typically for, if you're freelancing for a print company, um, one print they'll sell for, it usually sells between like 500 and $700 per print. Um, they usually get half. So you usually get between like 250 and 300 per print. So I try to limit my time to like two to three hours per print that I work on. Oh, nice. Nice. You know what I thought was cool when I was looking up, uh, textiles and uh textile artists is that it 
the history of it goes back and so far like you're looking at there's like egyptians like tibetans oh like it i couldn't i could not believe it's all over the world and then it, it's still there the artists today are coming from uh, those parts making it's just it's just like it's such a connection throughout history and i think it's so cool that you're keeping that yeah. alive yeah it's definitely cool dude also if you've never seen raul duffy he's probably my favorite textile artist wait uh it's uh, it's r-a-u-l space d-u-f-f-y i think i was looking up a um, bunch of them I don't know. I didn't come across fashion. him. Yeah, it's not. I don't think he's one of the more famous ones, but he definitely has a very like Matisse vibe to a lot of his artwork. And it was very like very popular between like 1940 and 1960. But it's just like it also kind of like looks like my hand a lot. So it's kind of folky. It's fun. It's kind of like weird. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite guys. That that's okay. So from my research today, and I actually I'm not even just uh, blowing smoke out here. It actually like I, I'm I'm blown away by this. A uh, Faith Ringgold, the Harlem artist and activist. Uh, she was uh, hers is so, uh, is amazing. She, her I came across a quote that like really moved me here. She said, "What because she does quilts." Mm-hmm. like wall quilts so she says when viewers are looking at my work they're looking at a painting and they're able to accept it better because it's also a quilt and then she used her quilt as activism but she thought i can get this i this message out to more people because then they can use they can wrap themselves in it that's fucking cool Isn't yeah badass like no artists are i feel like i've not met like a shitty textile artist for the most part like everyone that i've met is really cool and they're all just like weird girls yeah it's there's a lot of weird weird crusty girls that are into it it's very female dominated but i i the ideas and the culture around it is so cool there's one more i i fell in love i'm gonna say her name wrong billy zangua some uh from uh she's malawian (laughs) i'm saying that wrong but um she's really cool because she was saying uh so she took she she noticed that the tapestries well she knew tapestries were like for grand religious and mythological mythological scenes for kings and she took it and then just started putting like her reading a, a magazine on the porch or her son running into the kitchen and i was like that is like that's how you change everything just take like that that idea alone is just like i'm gonna take the most boring mundane part of life put it where this is supposed to be for kings and queens and and gods and make it the most meaningful like that's the whole point of life it's just so it's so cool yeah i've seen her stuff so every year there's like this giant knitwear convention in milan and we went back in january like right before covid happened um but i think they had a lot of her display out um at the convention and it's it's really cool i know those old kind of like heraldic like medieval banners and then she just does like fun kind of everyday scenes in them that it is so cool i'm actually going to put this art this article in the chat right now for people to check out because it will make you fall in love with this art especially if you're naive like me and didn't didn't know it existed um or didn't realize the impact uh it's really cool to read and exciting i'm going to bring up your instagram here now 
this is the, this is is this your design work like uh, uh yeah the i love i don't it. know i <clears throat> i definitely got off social media like right after college because i i i was a crazy girl i was definitely like stalker mode <laughs> so i kind of realized i was like oh this is not a cute look like i need to i need to just get off social media so didn't have social media for like the longest time and then I just got tired of people being like, what's your Instagram? What's your Instagram? What's your Instagram? And I was like, okay, fuck it. Like I'll start an Instagram. Yeah. And then I just like a lot of my, I feel like a lot of my creative energy gets kind of stuck into work. So it's usually either like knit or textile. And then at the end of the day, like I end up not wanting to do that like for an Instagram account or just for like personal stuff. So that kind of just like morphed into this weird, like, I'm on my phone. I'm like fucking up photos and like glitching photos. I and love that's it. where that came it from. is. It it is so cool. I hear you with the with the. Uh, um, I check my. I'm trying to stop checking my phone so much. I see who's looking at my stuff. I will. I will post stuff to get a reaction out of somebody. You probably know what I'm talking. About. And I'm trying yeah. to stop. I. It, but you're right. It, it's so. It's so unhealthy. But this. I think you're doing the right path. Do you just do this on like Illustrator or like, do you just have an app or what's your main? No, actually, um, so for the stuff on Instagram, a lot of it, I do in between, there's an app called glitch. I do a lot in there. And then I do a lot in this other app that's called Snapseed. Um, but some of it is like my artwork that I've done in Photoshop and then like exported it out and kind of like fucked with it in one of the apps. But yeah. It's usually just like me laying in bed at like midnight, not being able to sleep. And then I'm like, okay, let me just like fuck with a picture for a while. This is, it's, I, I absolutely love it. I love the theme of your Instagram. Uh, I, I just, th I think you rule. I think everyone should go follow salad underscore of underscore despair on Instagram. There you go. Shaking out just did a highlight, but um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, it, it's just awesome. We got to get those numbers up though. We got to get those numbers up. I don't ever post to, which is another problem. You posted one I, yesterday. Yeah. I checked. I did my research one day yeah, ago. I'm this year. <laughs> or maybe like the second of this year. Yeah. I've just been like, I need to like update my website too. And I think for me, like for my own stuff, usually like if I, I work a lot better in collaboration with other people because I can, I under, like I feel like I can read minds when it comes to artwork. I'm like, oh, I know, I know what you need. Like, give me two words and a picture and I, I know what you need. But like with my own stuff, I, I really like to think about it and be really like thoughtful and make sure everything like is perfect. But <clears throat> I kind of want to like redo the website and then redo the Instagram and tie them together in a thoughtful way because they're just kind of two separate things currently. Like oh, they don't really- Maybe keep it a little more on brand. Uh, they're both great as their own, but yeah. I, I see what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Online is a very good way to put it. Guys, look at look at these prints. Currently, yeah, I I hear you, but I I I think I think once you pull it together, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. But look at these prints; aren't these amazing? Like, look at that dress, dude! I have so many fucking prints. It's like I have like an external hard drive with hundreds of prints on them. That that is so it's, cool. 
That is so... Wow, look at that one. Oh my God. Shake it out. Look at that. Johnny knows I love a good print. Oh yeah. I th You know what? I think... Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I can I can see you collabing with uh, some future entrepreneurs. Uh, Shaken Out is quite the budding entrepreneur, and uh, I I I don't know. Shaken Out, didn't you find this interview inspiring? I'm telling you, I I I absolutely yeah, love it. So, uh, uh, now I know you're uh, very busy. I've kept you over uh, an hour here. Do you have anything else? Yeah. Just like just because uh, I'm trying to do this whole stay positive, self care go you can be whoever you want to be as long as you keep keep focused on it what would you say to the young uh entrepreneurs out there like yourself yeah i'd say if there's something that you really enjoy doing um just like even if it's like weird or niche there's probably a fucking job out there like there are buyers in design if you like shopping you can grow up go to college become a buyer you can like like buy the clothes and determine what goes into the stores. Like that's a job, like drawing pictures for a living. That's a job. Like it just, it might not be obvious, but if you do your research and just keep at it and keep grinding, there's definitely going to be some job out there for you. I guarantee it. That's awesome. I wish somebody was there to tell me that when I was younger, cause I just went into labor. Yes, there is, However weird or esoteric or fucking random it might be, like there is a job for that. And there's still time, right? This is my own question. Yeah. There's still I'm 32. I can still I can still break into the creative industry, right? Yeah, I mean, you haven't I feel like you honestly haven't really left. Like you've been doing Twitch, which I fucking couldn't do. Like I tried to do it for a while and was like, oh God, this is overwhelming. Oh, I need to like back for the ladies. figure my shit out. Especially when you were yeah, doing it, the they were very aggressive, the viewers. But you're coming back on Twitch, right? So everybody follow this account. Yeah, I think I've kind of like it's sort of with the website and the Instagram, I'm sort of getting like a a vague, hazy visual of like where I think I want to go. And I've got like the overlay and I've got an updated Twitch banner and I've kind of got my shit together and maybe not so much machine knitting. I might do like one or like a couple streams doing machine knitting, but that was what I was doing before. And it was just, I get like, I have to focus. It's a very manual thing and it requires a lot of focus and attention. So it would just be me like silently running the carriage back and forth across the knitting machine and like, Ignoring like ASMR, yeah. Maybe you could put some yeah, music on in the background and just and just ignore the chat. Yeah, yeah. With it, I think that's the thing. Like, I enjoy going to people's chats where they like interact with it, which I'm like, oh yeah, this is fun. Like, talk back to me, be snarky. Um, but I was very much like not that. And then like just weird people would come in and say oh, like yeah. weird fuck it and i was like okay this is not working yeah i think i think twitch is getting a little bit better too and uh people are cultivating better communities and i think uh yeah. i i think people would love to uh, especially this community would love to have you uh to see you to see you stream and we're here to help in any way host with the most so when you're ready um i do have to open up a couple questions of the chat though because they're dying yeah. so let's go chat Any questions, chat? They had I ignored so many because we were in the. Who did her haircut? <laughs> did you, did you design it yourself or did you go somewhere? 
Um, it's actually, I pulled a picture from an old Grimes video. It wasn't Grimes. It was like a girl in the video had the haircut. And I was like, this is my haircut that I want. That's um, cool. And then I had a hairdresser in New York do it and then found another hairdresser here to nice. I was going to say, you, you can't do that fade in uh quarantine. That, that is a professional fade. And you know what? Yeah. I hate that people hate Grimes. I, I don't mind Grimes at all. I think she's cool. It's very hip to hate Grimes for some reason. Um, Shaq wants well, to know. Elon Musk's baby, which I actually, find very weird. Honestly, though, I got I kind of got to respect the hustle. But Elon Musk, as I always say, more like Elon Huss. That guy's corny. He's very corny. Uh, Shaq says, will you be friends with my wife? Yeah. He's a normal That's guy. like another thing I kind of also got back on Twitch was because when we moved here, like I love living in Boulder, but there's not like a diverse set of people where there was in like New York and LA. And I was just like, I need like, normal people that I would fucking hang out with to talk to again and like got back on Twitch. So yeah, I'm literally here. Like I have one friend in Boulder. Oh, you know what? I, I, I was just daydreaming there for a second. Cause I once, uh, I used to spend time with this beautiful lady and I would, I would bite her shoulder on the mattress that she stole from her roommate back in Boulder. And I'll never, I'll never forget. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I had to say it. I had to say it. Um, they love your hair. They want to know why I don't pay you. Let's not get into that. Uh, what What do you think of hemp fabric? Mutton Chops is uh, dying to know about hemp fabric. Is this a thing? Yeah, it feels really nice. It's super soft, and it's like sustainable, renewable. I my whole thing is like. Just really think twice before buying like polyester or synthetic because it's plastic. You're putting plastic on your body. That stuff comes off in the washing machine. It goes back into the ocean. Oh, damn. I didn't think about that. Um, Where did you get your name from? Probably her parents. Oh, your username. Oh, (laughs) yeah. No, the username is from a Thomas Pynchon book. It was referring to like... Also, backstory, my mom was, like, a little bit of a hoarder, and our car was always just, like, filthy, and I'm, like, it might have been growing up in that environment, kind of made me a little OCD, and, like, I just, I need things to be clean, Um, but it used to really bother me, the the sides, like, in between the the seats in the car, you know how, like, shit always, it's, like, gross, bums, dirt, like, cigarette ashes like straw wrapping paper like french fries and shit like it it, i don't i just like a very like vivid memory for me in childhood was like that fucking section in the car and in the book um thomas pension was writing but it was referring to that like sad despair which is like all the dirt and grime that's in the car right there and I was and he like, called it oh, the salad of despair. It cut, out, it cut out. So that's he was actually referring to that spot in the car. That's yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> like all the shit is in there, like a salad of despair, because it's just like, like the fucking like nasty French fry, like that nasty French fry that has fallen in there and is like desiccated. Yes, and like the dirt shit that's down there i like per, i like find it like I, in my car i had it so clean even because it was just a shit car but my way of controlling the inside 
And I, I never could see the passenger side. And then one day I got in the passenger side and it was just the plastic that I was I like taken aback. I was like, this is in my car. And it still to this day, the salad of despair. That's what it is. I was like, that's the perfect name for it. That, oh my gosh. It's giving me just chills. I am uh, so excited to design my new apartment. I'm going full minimal. I, I, that's, I guess you can't really go full minimal when you you have like 10 knitting machines, but I, I bet you're a opposite a hoarder after your experience, right? It's yeah. I mean, my husband definitely has qualms with the amount of knitting machines. Uh, we have like two set up here. This is like our office, but there's two set up here. And then there's another three kind of in our basement that we have. That rules. But uh, it's clean. And there's not, there's only three down there. He's saying there's four. There's three. <laughs> hey, hubby. Everyone in the chat, can we get a booyah in the chat for hubby? Are you going to show us? Oh, there's my new best friend. What's up, hunk? <laughs> I heard that uh, you often uh, get man crushed on, so I'm I'm ready. He does. He's nodding. He's, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, um, playing competitive Overwatch right now. So. I was wondering what he was doing. I thought he was either like doing super good work. Typing. Uh, does he stream? He's, he's yeah, got the computer yeah. for it. He does. Out to tough Pat. That's his name on on Twitch. Yeah, I didn't know that. We should. I, I I'll, fo- I'll definitely follow him. Can we get a shout out? What's it, what's his name again? Uh, Tough Pat. Tough Pat. T o u g h p a t. Can somebody give do a shout out? Because I am. Because uh, and let's let's go get him. Let's let's go get him a bunch of follows right now. That rules. <laughs> well, you guys are gonna take over Twitch. Do we have any more questions from the chat? You're asking the teenage boys questions. What? John, Johnny's so minimal. He doesn't even have an apartment. Oh, that's that's hurtful. Um, okay, there we go. There's the shout out for Tough Pat. Let's go drop some follows right here. Oh, he's not live, but uh, but he'll wake up to them. Um, pay uh, pay her. Yes, I, I do want to say uh, th- thank you so it's much good. for all the help. Being paid technically because I am working, Perfect. so it's all good. And actually, like we're good. And we're good. I, I, I don't want to have to say this, but they're going to make this a meme, and I'm going to lose followers. I, I did send a gift. I'm not making a lot of money right now. I'm in a, I'm in a crisis of my life. But when I make it, and I think I'm going to make it in something, we're all going. We're going. I'm buying everyone Honda Civics. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it. I have a Me too. I hate that there's a bet. Like, who I needs a Mercedes? You're rocking on right now? I fucking love No, we only have, we have a Subaru like everyone else in Boulder. Oh, Subaru yeah. Rapac, but with, with the top rack for oh. the skis? Yeah, yeah. But I, honestly, I like this. Honda Sorry. Sorry, pardon me. Sorry. Fuck skiing. Oh, fuck skiing. Not a fan? Do you snowboard? No. I'm like not, it's funny, like I work for an outdoor company, but like I do not like going outside. Like I'm not a camper. I'm not like a hiker. My husband very much is. So I get all my like info from him. I'm like, what, what is, what do I do when I go hiking? Like, tell me, cause I need to know for my job. Yeah, it is, but, uh, it is weird. Not, like, to me, the girl. woods, yeah, the woods are 
a place to do mushrooms. I just like I'm terrified that like Bigfoot's gonna eat me. Oh, I believe. I just need four walls and a locked door to sleep. Hell yeah, I hear you. I I hear you. Um, what what does what do you do fun other than art and work? Is what the chat is asking. Ooh, I don't know. We watch a lot of like trashy television. I'm a big fan of just like trash TV. Were we talking Vanderpump? I don't know what that is. Oh, is Vanderpump that- Rules is good, but it's it's kind of coming to the end. A bunch of them got canceled. What's your favorite trash TV? Um, we've been watching recently. Ooh, actually, really trashy that we watched recently was um, Legend of the Monkey King, I think, or maybe just Monkey King. But it's the um, it's the re it's on Netflix, but it's the remake of the original, which is what um fucking dragon ball z was based off of but it's like really bad it's it's like like hercules back in the day like xena hercules kind of level bad but that's oh i I I thought you were gonna be talking love island that actually sounds kind of cool though (laughs) Uh, yeah i not so much reality television but just like really bad sci-fi and fantasy is like where my heart lies that is so so they're trying to get me to watch lord of the rings where do you stand i will do it if you tell me to nope not doing it that's if (laughs) if if she's into fantasy and she said no to lord of the rings not doing it i mean it's maybe like if you've never seen it like give it a whirl maybe not all in one day because that's a little intense but I get too worked it's up fine. by all the elf babes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. This is the longest interview we've done, uh, but it it was it was awesome. And uh, I'm gonna get my mods to drop your website in the chat right now. And uh, this was awesome. Is there any other questions, my friends? Uh, good ones, not uh, not the ones Benny is saying. Uh, but yeah, other than that, you, you rule. And like I said, I, I think it's so cool, uh, your path in life and, uh, you got such good energy and you're a talented mofo and it just, if you rule salad or I'll go back to calling you salad, but last time I'll call you Allison Russell. Cool name too. <laughs> it's funny. Actually, it's kind of like nice when you Google me, it's some other girl who's a singer that pops up. So nice. All right. Now, well, we got a pretty good community there. They'll just check out your art. Um, awesome. Any yeah. last words? No, this was fun. Thanks for having me on. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, definitely. All right. You rule salad. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Peace out. Bye. Wow. That was aw- Oh, that was awesome. Wow, what a, oh my gosh, can we get some emote hype right now? Can I see a thousand emotes for Salad of Despair, Allison Russell? (laughs)